Hi, this is David from Wedding Business Growth. Wedding Business Growth is committed to helping you succeed in the wedding and events industry and grow your business in a sustainable way. Thank you for tuning into Wedding Business Growth Podcast. And now stay tuned for part one of this episode. What's up, buddy? What's up? What's going on? What's going on? Nothing much. You know what always excites me about that video is like watching back at that video. Yeah. And there's always like with like 20 or 30 seconds left that that shot of Jess. And I just think to myself, without this show, my website is nowhere near where it is today. And I don't have a social media person. And I don't have like any of that. It just reminds yeah. me of that every time. Well, real quickly, because uh, we had a little technical difficulties, and that seems to be the nature of the beast lately. Um, I, I see our guest is in the green room, and we'll bring her in in just a couple moments. So, Ashley, thank you for hanging in there, and we'll get you in here in just a second. Um, we didn't, unfortunately, we didn't get a chance to chat a little bit right beforehand. So, um, I just want to let you know we see you there, and we're going to get you in here with us in just a minute. So, thank you, everybody, who joining us tonight uh, for Wedding Business Growth, another exciting episode of Wedding Business Growth. 
and um, we'll get the uh, we'll get the advertisements out out of the way first. So if you haven't joined our text club to know when we're going live, be sure to um, you know text your name. That's all you really need to do. Just text your name to that number above, and uh, we'll get you on our text list. And that way, when uh, we have an announcement or when we have a show going live, we can text you and let you know um, that it's happening. Otherwise, we won't bug you to death. Promise. Um, what else? Or maybe we will. Maybe we will. Yeah. 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 If we if we have a little bit too much uh, Jameson one night, who knows? You might get a lot of texts from us. You know. <laughs> Dude, so wait a minute. Hold on. So there's like drunk texting, right? Mm-hmm. And then there is drunk mass texting mm-hmm. through your text club, which could end up very bad. I, I yeah, I want to try to try to like start hashtag drunk. Would you say drunk mass drunk mass texting? Yeah. So um, maybe we can start a hashtag doing that. I don't know. Mass drunk. I'm gonna get a T-shirt. Yep. I'm telling you. Hashtag so m- drunk mass texting. I don't know that I could say that if I had a bottle of Jameson either, but that's that's difficult to say. So what's up, man? How was your weekend? Let me tell you about my weekend. Oh, we, we both got stories. So I'm excited. So first of all, when I woke up this morning, I didn't even know what the day what day it was because me and Nick, who as you can evidently see by the screen that he's not here with us this week. He is once again out on location doing something probably exciting and fun. He's in Nashville right now. But prior to that, we were in Orlando and we were working at the Premier Orlando show, which uh, is one of the biggest, if not the biggest, um, nails and hair and that type of industry, like um, one of their biggest trade shows. So we were working with our friends at Revlon and C&D, and uh, we were DJing in their booth for the trade show. And then they had like, uh, they have this, um, they call it the, the, the I, I really should know this off the top of my head, but it's like a competition for nails. And they have like, uh, this is their ninth season <clears throat> and they, they narrow it down to three, you know, three finalists and then they pick a winner. And so they did that awards on Sunday night and we were, uh, we were producing that for them. So that was a lot of fun doing that. And just really, it was, first of all, it was one of those days where like 18 hours went by like nothing. And you're like, wait a minute, where did all that time go? Um, but your feet could feel it. We were at the Orange County Convention Center in Orlando. So if you've never been there, it's like one of the biggest convention centers in the world. And of course, like, the the ballroom that we were doing the, sh- the 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 award show in was on the fourth floor on one side of the convention center the trade show booth was on the second floor on the other side of the convention center and then the room at the hotel we were staying in was all the way around to the absolutely last possible other side of the hotel room that you could have on the ninth floor so that was kind of our path for two and a half three days um probably logged about seventy thousand steps but it was it was a lot of fun it was really a lot of cool people there a lot of a lot of you know just an interesting um an interesting world for sure and um what really was the most interesting thing to me was seeing like a bunch of grown men with like beards and must not mustaches i'm sorry and tattoos and just like these very masculine men like going crazy in the audience watching a guy like cut like you know a tribal something in somebody's head or something like that i'm just like that is so interesting to watch that but these people were all into it man 
You know what? I might actually have had a friend there. I feel like my buddy went down last week to a convention. I Mm -hmm. didn't realize that's what it was, but he's like, he's a DJ. That's like his second love, but his first love is like Barber. And he also does, um, I think it's called SMP, which is basically like where they will like, and you might've seen stuff like that there. I don't know, but it's basically where like guys with thinning hair, Mm -hmm. uh, they'll like come through and they'll like, Basically, tattoo like, like black spots oh, on gotcha. their head to like make it look and appear like it's fuller than yeah. it is. Yeah, I mean, I definitely probably saw SMP, SNM. I, I saw all kinds of crazy <laughs> stuff when I was there, man. It was, it, it was, it was literally like every walk of life that you could ever imagine. It was super cool. Really was. I, I was really, and, and apparently that that industry is like a trillion dollar industry, man. Like there is a lot going on in that industry. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, absolutely. I mean, all of those things won't go away, right? Mm-hmm. People yeah. will always want them, and and I, you know, in some ways, probably more people than ever nowadays, yeah. right? There's way more guys that are not just heading to like a regular barber anymore, and they're mm-hmm. going to barbers that can cut hair differently than before, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's becoming like a bigger thing. So, and, and then I'm sure with makeup, you said makeup too, right? Makeup and nails. Mostly nails. I mean, I think there was, yeah, because there was like um, Ulta, Ulta, Ultra, Ulta or whatever. They were there. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just just all all like that whole beauty and, and hair and all that stuff, man. It was it was really cool. It was really neat. Um, and interestingly enough, that I, I found out that industry was one of the main one of the industries that didn't really didn't take a big dip during COVID. And it's for an interesting reason that you wouldn't think because what happened is that like the nail polish and all of that kind of stuff, like that part of the industry took a dip obviously because people weren't going out and so on and so forth. But then the industry took an, an uptick in home hair coloring. Um, oh, products, right. It makes because sense. Every, yeah. Because people were at home and they had to still look good on video and all this other stuff and they couldn't go out and get their hair colored or, or, or you know, those kind of things done. And so that part of the industry kind of, balanced out the the nails and some of the other things that um that that kind of de- declined you know and, and i and i just in this moment realized we were two grown men talking about nails and hair going up and down and this is just you know what i'm cool with it and I'm we haven't said it. one thing about sports yet tonight That's yeah it's so okay crazy. because my story which probably will take up the last little bit of time pre bringing the guest forward is uh is so i'm 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 about to be like 100 percent authentic with everybody and this is a wedding business thing fully and everyone will have felt this pain before and i'm just going to be authentically me and tell the story because you know what like we all make mistakes right so um did a wedding this weekend lovely wedding um definitely some challenges not so much for 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 what i do right the dj world but Definitely some other vendors were feeling some challenges. Um, so we get to the point in the night where we're going to play the parent dances, right? And the bride had chosen I Loved Her First, right? Okay. Super popular song, right? Everyone's heard it. Mm-hmm. It's by Heartland, right? Of course it is. Of course, yeah, right? I probably could already tell the story from here, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no, I've you can probably. I'm sure where you're going. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So super popular song. Looked at the planning form. Saw I loved her first. This is easy. Know exactly what song we're talking about. Um, the bride is 
at some point in her life did professional dancing. I don't think like to the point where she was like a professional dancer, but definitely more capable of dancing than you and me. Or I don't know about you, but me for sure. Um, yeah, two left feet, man. It ain't happening. Yeah, right. That's why we're behind the DJ booth. Yep. Um, so press play. Looking back on the moment now, caught not not looking not looked at me, but the bride and the dad were on separate sides of the dance floor. I was supposed to wait until they positioned. I did press play. I noticed them look at each other, funny, but I didn't think anything of it at the time. Yeah, totally played the wrong version of the song. 100% the right version of the song was listed on the form that they wanted. Did not say Heartland. It's one of those songs that, like, in my head, I, I see I loved her first, and it's just like, yeah, get, got it. No problem. Know exactly what's... Um, long story short, Bride's mom comes over to me after the parent dances are over, once we get into the open dancing, which was shortly after... And she is extremely bent out of shape. Um, So much so that I thought everybody was bent out of shape. Come to find out later in the evening, after I made sure to apologize, right? Because, hey, I'm I'm owner of of the mistake. That's fine. Um, Come to find out the the bride had absolutely no issue with it, like at that level, um, was thanking me for such a great evening, all of the above, right? But in that moment, that mom definitely made me feel like it was not... It was a bad thing from everybody. Um, Also came to find out that the father who I never had a chance to talk to because he was like chopping, chopping it up with like all of his buddies that were at the wedding the whole time um, had just about as little of an issue with it as the bride did. Um, Mm -hmm. It was the right song, right? They still got to do their choreographed dance. I think there was like one or two moments where she had to like on the fly adjust what they had practiced to make it work timing wise. Yeah. But yeah, so anyway, long story short, right? Two things. One, if you're a DJ, make sure you look at those details. And two, like just take a little bit of ownership. You probably find out it wasn't a huge deal as long as it wasn't like one of those moments that is irreplaceable, which I thought this was, but to her it wasn't as big of an issue. Yeah. So yeah, man. I mean I felt oh man, I felt terrible. They were extremely particular with how they wanted certain things. Not the right. couple, but just the whole group as in, right. in general. So I really thought it was going to be like an extremely like big deal to the bride. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So much so that I had prepped the venue for um, like later in the evening if we needed to like redo it. Right. Like I would just redo it. And uh, the bride like absolutely wasn't that worried about it. But yeah, that so was I my weekend. So- I've had I've had a similar situation happen to me, uh, and I'll keep it really short here. But very similar situation happened to me where um, it was um, that Tennessee whiskey song um, by Chris Stapleton, and to my knowledge, there's only one Chris Stapleton, there's only one Tennessee whiskey, and there's only one way he ever recorded it, right? Mm-hmm. And so, same, it's almost this identical story that you just told me. They go out on the dance floor, they get set, I hit play, they start doing the dance, and then all of a sudden, about 45 seconds into the dance, they just completely stop. Oh. And then they walk over to me and they're like, This is not the right one. This is not the right song. And I'm like, This is Chris Stapleton, Tennessee Whiskey. This is the only version of this song that exists. And they're like, No, this is not the right one. So Long story short, they somehow were practicing with some edited YouTube video 
that somebody like edited on their own and then uploaded to YouTube. And I'm thinking, why in the world would you ever think that I would know that that's what you used? You know, now moving forward, I always ask that now. If you're if they're doing if they're doing like a, a a choreographed dance, I'm like, where did you get the song that you're practicing with? Where did yeah. that come from? Did it come from YouTube? Did it come from here? Did it come from there? Did you buy it? Is, on, is the actual song from the CD? All of these other things. Because you're right, you know. Sometimes you just it's just things that you wouldn't think about, you know. And I was the and I'm I'm like freaking out because I'm asking everybody that's anywhere in earshot of me. Have you ever heard of another version? Of Tennessee whiskey by Chris Stapleton, other than what I just played, and everybody's like, "Nope, it's the only one I know." You know? Yeah, dude. Um, it, yeah, so we ended up, we ended up like, we ended up like redoing it later, kind of like you, like you suggested, and we ended up redoing it later for them, and they showed me, and you know, I had to do the old auxiliary cable and plug it into my computer so I could play that stupid YouTube video. Um, and by the way, if you if you watch this and you're not in the industry, it is not legal for us to do that. So please don't ask us to do it. It's not legal for us to do that, right? Uh, if you're not, you know what I'm saying? Like if you're not in the industry. So anyways, but you know what? The other thing about that is the interesting thing. The other thing about that is that whenever we do training with people on our staff, I always, I, I kind of have this trick question. I always ask them like, what is the most important thing um, to a couple at their wedding? And they give you all these different answers. And I'm like, actually, the most important thing is the one thing you do wrong. It's always going to end up being the most important thing. And it might be to mom, like in your scenario, the bride and the dad were like, yeah, whatever. And they, and it sounds like they were very professional and sloughed it off and they, and they stayed and they did the dance. Like you said, made a couple of little adjustments. And if, if nobody would have said anything, the audience would have never been the wiser. They would have probably never known, but mom, it sounds like was the one that had the issue with it. And, um, what do you do? Yeah, no, I mean, and the thing was, is like, she was kind of looking at me like wanting a solution. And I'm yeah. just like, I, don't, I mean, at least for the for the moment that we just created, I don't have a solution. I can't go backwards, unfortunately. Yeah. You yeah. know, um, part of me almost wishes I would have pressed play on the wrong song. So yeah. that they would have been like, said something. Yeah, in a way, like, but because there was a videographer. So like, it's captured with the wrong sure. song, you know, sure. but sure. uh well, with the wrong version of the song, but yeah, man, it was, I was, I was personally like, I was shook, you know, hundreds of weddings, right. The, the never played the wrong song in a moment like that before bound to happen. No one's perfect. Right. But definitely avoidable because I just didn't even read right past the dash. Patrick Feeney, who I've never even heard of before. Happens. Happens all the time. Well, that's a good story, man. I, I, that's a great, it's great. Uh, you know, that's a great ed- education point and it's a good learning, learning point to, to anybody, you know, just, we have to pay attention to the details. And I think, you know, the more you do, the more you do your job, the more you are, you know, like you could do it in your sleep. Um, sometimes these are the kind of things that can happen, you know? And, and yeah. so it's, it's just, it's smart to, to check and then double check again. And normally once you make a mistake like that, and you get pinched by it, you typically don't ever make that mistake again. Oh, um, that will never happen again. <laughs> but in the same breath, if we can help people from not making the mistake in the first place, then um, that's that's an even better thing. So that's the goal. Yep. All right. Well, let's move on, man. Let's move forward and let's have a chatty chat with our guest tonight uh, joining us because I really want to uh, 
I really have been looking forward to talking to her. And um, by the way, I want to give a shout out to my buddy John at ILUX Event Support for this cool hat, man. I appreciate him hooking me up with the cool hat. And uh, I'm going to try to see if I can get you one too, man. He's local, so it was just easier for him to give it to me. But uh, but yeah, man. So thank you, John. Appreciate it. I love it, man. I, I promised him that I was going to wear it on the show. All right. So here we go. We're going to talk with our guest here now. It is time. So joining us tonight is Ashley Pritchard. And Ashley is a professional watercolor artist and the owner of Charm Cat. After earning her bachelor's degree in a studio, excuse me, in studio art from McDaniel College, she worked as a graphic designer for a few years before deciding corporate life wasn't for her. I know all about that. Uh, she does art commissions, custom stationery, art licensing, and owns a greeting card line. Hence, one of the things we're talking about today, diversified income. Uh, Ashley resides in Martinville, Virginia, probably not too far from you, right? And uh, with her paleontologist husband and two spoiled cats. So without further ado, please help us welcome to the show, Mrs. Ashley Pritchard. Hey, Ashley, how are you? Hi, thank you for having me on the show. Thank you for joining us and sorry for uh, probably a little bit of technical difficulties as we were trying to get the stream set up and then something happened with the, the, uh, the link and we had to do another one. Anyways, we That's appreciate right. you joining us. It all worked out. <laughs> so, Frank, how close are you guys to each other? Um, Martin, I mean, not so on I screen, would... by the way, like really in like real life. Yeah, no, um, I don't know exactly how close Martinsville is, but I live in I live in a stand like right near Stanton. So like kind of near Charlottesville. Well, in between Charlottesville and Harrisonburg. Yeah. So um, it's about two and a half hours. That's about our halfway point between Martinsville and D.C. Cool. So, yeah. So you're you're down more. uh I've got some family. Well, my wife's got some family down in that direction, kind of like past Roanoke, I'm guessing, right? Yep. You go to go down to Roanoke and turn off and go due south like you're going to Greensboro. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. No, you know what? Um, Roanoke's like a really cool area to go visit. Their downtown is super, super nice. Lots of good places to eat. Yeah, it is. Um, and we only we moved here about three years ago. Um, and that actually, that did affect, um, you know, how I have grown and expanded my business because I moved from a metropolitan area in DC to a very rural area. Um, and that kind of changed how I had to approach my business and my income. I, I, I absolutely love that, that, you know, you start talking about diversification, you start to talk about you know, talking about, you know, like passive income, I, I, I think it's a phenomenal subject. And I think it's something that as, um, you know, as an independent business builder, it's definitely, you know, something that will allow you to get through lean times. Like a lot, I remember a lot of times for me, when I was younger in my business, I first started my business during lean times, I would just go get a part-time job somewhere for a little while. And it was like one of those things where like, I don't even honestly really care if I get fired or not. Like I'm just doing this as long as I can do it until I lose my mind and either get fired or quit. Um, and and I didn't know anything about passive income back then, you know. And it's not like it's it's not like it's this new thing. I just think it's something that um, has become a lot more um, uh, known. I would say in in kind of a younger demographic of people. Um, and I think for a while, a lot of opportunities that would be deemed like passive income 
were a lot of like maybe network marketing things and stuff like that. And then people were like, oh, that's a pyramid scheme. And then you got to deal with all that conversation and everything. But it's really transitioned beyond that. And, and so that's, I think, a little bit what we can, you know, what we can dive in tonight. Um, but I think before we do that, I know one of the topics that you had um, mentioned about wanting to dive into a little bit is about finding your common thread. And, and, and I'd really love to kind of, you know, kind of get your take on that first. And then um, and then we'll go from there. And before we jump into that, I just want to remind everybody watching, feel free to drop comments. If you have questions or comments, let us know where you're checking in from. Um, we will definitely get to those during the show. But Ashley, take it away. Yeah. Um, so one of the, I think the hardest things about trying to expand your business is trying to figure out, well, what do you do and how do you make it work with what you're already doing? Yeah. Um, and I, I, I call it the, the common thread, um, but it has, um, you know, it, it's more than just what is your product or service. Um, it's, it's about more than what your end product is that you're, you're giving to your client. It's more in line with the why of your work. Okay. Um, what about doing that work makes you happy? What is the emotion that you're trying to give to your client? Um, and what is your skill set? Are you, um, do you specialize in using a certain type of camera? Like, a, you know, do you just, do you do film camera and that, you know, gives you a, a different look than the digital or um, maybe as a planner, you really specialize in finding, um, you know, the offbeat vendors to help your clients. You know, what is the the thing that sets you apart from the other people in your category? So a lot of that, you know, involves thinking about, you know, your thinking about your why, thinking about your value proposition. Um, and a lot of this stuff, I think, if you're working on your marketing language and have a social media strategy, you should already have a lot of this stuff, you know, like thought out and set aside in a document. Um, something that you can refer to that sort of helps you center yourself as you make business decisions. Yeah. Um, so for me, um, I like making people feel good about who they are. Um, so I do that with my wedding invitations, which is the first thing I started doing by really personalizing it and letting people feel good about what type of wording or artwork they wanted on the invitation and that the decisions that they made were personal to them. The invitations were not for their guests. Their guests get invitations, but the invitation is really for them. Hmm. Okay. So, yeah, so I took that that idea and I've branched out to um, trying to do the same, create the same emotional resonance with um, doing the commissions by really helping to capture what's important to the client in the painting I do for them. Um, and then as I did my product line, I started coming up with um, phrases and artwork that um, I thought for really emotionally honest and that really connected with people so that they have the, that same sort of smile and like, I feel seen reaction, no matter what 
sort of aspect of my business they're working with me through. A lot of continuity in, in the, each one of them. That's, yeah, I can definitely hear that immediately. Yeah, so it it takes, you know, some thinking, maybe some, you know, word clouding or asking friends and family what they think your, your common thread is or what they think your why is um, to try and, and find that. But then once you find that, it's uh, like a guiding light for helping you decide where to branch out next. You know, I, I love that because I think, especially in the wedding industry, right, um, people, right, you get into it for all sorts of different reasons. And but most of us, of course, at heart are creative, right, in some way, whatever that way is. And, you know, uh, it's one thing to be able to create, but it's another thing to be able to identify the why you create. And then that leads you, or in this case, for, for you, it led you directly to all of these different products and, and um, services that you that you present to your, you know, potential clients. And I think that is incredible. Um, you know, and, and it's probably a challenge. How did you... <clears throat> What, like what, what for you specifically, you, you mentioned talking to friends and family and, and trying to figure it out. What, what was that aha moment for you? What got you there to that, to that common thread? There wasn't, I don't know if there was an aha moment. It's kind of something that I slowly had to tease out for myself. Um, you know, when I started, I offered a completely different like style of, um, artwork and had a totally different way of ordering and my goals were um, different than my goals now and so as my business has evolved I've had to narrow it down and, and say you know this is my niche this is my style this is like the personality of my business um, and so for me um, adding my extra revenue streams has sort of just been a part of that evolution. Um, part of it was finding out what made me different. When I first started, I didn't have anything that was a differentiator, like why someone should use me instead of that other invitation designer. Um, and then as I got to know the industry and started seeing what other invitation designers were doing, I was like, well, wait a second, I'm a watercolor artist and I actually paint my stuff, which isn't something a lot of other artists do. And that means I can paint totally weird stuff for people. And that sounds like so much fun. So I started, um, started doing some styled shoots and stuff that let me really get creative. And then from that, you know, you can start to find the clients that fit what you want to do. And it, for me, it was just kind of a process of finding like what really makes me happy about why I'm doing this. I love that. And I think, you know, you mentioned earlier about, you know, kind of having that document to kind of refer to and refer back to. And I think it's, I think it's worth mentioning that that document can definitely be like a living document. And, and you, you kind of gave an example of that where, you know, your, your style and your, your, your why and, and, and all of those kind of things kind of changed as, as you evolved and grew, not only as a person, but also as a business owner. And, um, and, and so that document probably had changes, either scratch throughs or erases and different things like that. And, it, and 
there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's a, the beauty of being able to have something that's like a living document like that, where as you evolve, it can evolve along with you and it, it can continue to help keep you centered, even if the centering purpose is something that maybe wasn't originally, uh, it may, may not have been that originally 10 years ago, five years ago, a year ago, maybe even, but where you are in your life now, where you are in your business now, this is what helps you get centered now. So I think that's that's awesome that you brought that up to do that. I'm curious, like you mentioned, you you like to paint weird stuff. What would you, is, is there something that you would say is probably the weirdest thing you've ever painted? Well, so I don't know if it's the weirdest thing I've ever painted, but it's definitely um, kind of become like a, 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 the mascot version of like how I, I do my business and like the type of jobs that I want. Um, a few years ago, I created a wedding invitation for a client that was otherwise fairly traditional, lots of florals, um, purple, navy blue, some, you know, your classic script font. Um, but the they had a personal request, which was they wanted a squirrel in the invitation somewhere. Not super prominent, you know, but just sort of hiding somewhere. Um, it had to do with their new last name um, and it had a personal meaning for them. And I was like, oh yeah, let's do this. This is gonna be great. Um, so I painted this little really adorable squirrel um, and we put him on the envelope liner and on the RSVP card um, and on their thank you cards. And so he kind of was like running through the flowers um, and it was great. And um that little squirrel guy has become one of my most popular art pieces <laughs> um and i use that a lot when i'm talking to clients when i'm trying to encourage them to think of what they can do for their invitations that will make them super unique and super personal and have actual meaning for them and that was like one of my ideal projects that I did. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think doing stuff like that is so cool. And I, and I, I feel like it helps your client hopefully realize and understand that, you know, you have a, a vested interest in the success of their event and you're not wanting to just, you know, whether it's a, a product like an invitation or whether it's a, uh, a video or whether it's music services like like Frank and I provide, it's not just this cookie cutter thing every single time. It's just like a, you know, a factory of just doing stuff. And and so I love I love any kind of stuff like that. And and sometimes you can take something that was that was like special and important to, to one couple. And and I think you can even pass that on. You know, a, a perfect example. I just did a wedding recently where this couple they kind of like tricked their um, guest by asking them what their first dance was at their wedding. Like all of the all of the couples that were going to be coming to their wedding, they asked them what their first dance song was. But they told them the reason why they were asking them is because they were having a hard time deciding on what first dance song they wanted to pick. And they wanted to get some ideas from their friends and maybe one of them would you know jump out at them. But what they really ended up doing was giving us the list of all of those songs and we ended up playing them during dinner time. So dinner time was every song during dinner was somebody in the room's first dance song at their wedding. And I just thought how, how kind of a unique thing that um, you just don't see all the time. 
you know, and that was just a really cool experience to be a part of because you would you would quickly be able to identify which couple whose song was playing because they would either look at each other and goo goo and gaga or they would get up and go on the dance floor and dance and everything. And it was just neat. It was a really unique experience. Thank you for listening to part one of this episode. Be sure to tune in next time for part two on the Wedding Business Growth Podcast.